is up? Happy and healthy. How are you guys doing today? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Janina Amapola. If this is your first time listening to Happy and Healthy, this podcast is all about trying to help you be more happy and healthy in all aspects of your life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. That is something I strive for, and I want you guys to also strive for that as well. And if I can provide any sort of help in any way, then that is my goal. And so that is the goal of this podcast is just to help you guys overall. And we post these every single Tuesday. So just to kind of jump right into this, because I do feel like this is going to be a long podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about why I hate religion. Mm hmm. And you're probably like, what, Janine? Like, aren't aren't you a Christian? Huh? We'll get into it. Before I officially get into that, I just wanted to address something that I have been feeling, and I'm still feeling it right now, and I'm not okay with it. There has been something looming in the air, looming over my head, and I believe it's called spiritual warfare. It is when the enemy is moving and he's trying to attack us in our sleeps, in our dream, with anxiety, with fear, like literally all yesterday, all the day before that in my sleep, nightmares, panic, overwhelming, you know, sense of fear and stress. And I posted about this on my Instagram. And if you're not following my Instagram, it's just Janina Mapola. Posted on there and it was crazy the amount of people that have also, sorry, I'm trying to adjust my volume that have also been feeling this way. It is so crazy to me that this feeling I had is not abnormal. And a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, like I feel this way too. So I just feel like there's something looming in the air. I do believe maybe it's because Halloween's right around the corner or something is just going on spiritually or something's about to happen. I'm just not sure. But all I want to say is just encourage you guys, be prayerful. Just, you know, don't, don't let the enemy win over your mind and over your sleep. Pray, fight back. Pray for one another and let people into what you're dealing with because I do feel like there's something spiritual going on and I don't like it and I'm not here for it. So just wanted to say that because it's been a weird feeling on my mind and other people have been feeling it too. So I don't like that. For today's podcast, um, I kind of want to just sit down and talk about why I hate religion and breaking the spirit of religion. And I... Decided to do this because when I was in Pennsylvania this past weekend, I spoke at a church camp and I felt the Lord tell me that I wanted to, or tell me to do breaking off religion. And I was like, okay, that doesn't totally go with the theme of the camp, but I was just like, all right, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it anyway. And after I spoke at this camp talking about religion, um, it was crazy. So many people came up to me and they were just like, you have no idea how badly I needed that. Like, I didn't know. I had a spirit of religion. I didn't know I had been so hurt by religion. I didn't know that I was acting out in religion. And I'll get to that of kind of what that means. And I just overall want people to be freed up. I want people to feel like they don't have to do or perform for God. And that's not what he wants. That's not what he's looking for. I know I used to do that. And so I'm going to try to go through, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see I have my notes. These are my sermon notes from this past weekend. I'm going to be going through these, but trying to maybe do it in a more condensed version because I did like a full-on 45-minute, 50-minute speech. And I know my podcast can be long sometimes, but I do want to condense this and make it more clear for you guys. I do just want to pray 
Really quickly as well, because I do feel like this is a topic that the enemy does not like. I do feel a sense of anxiety over it right now. And I want to pray for other people that are maybe feeling this way, that have the spirit of religion, they're not aware of it. And just over this podcast that I communicate this well, lovingly, full of grace and kindness, but also with truth to free some people up. So let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you so much for this podcast. Lord, I just pray over... um, All my words, God, I pray if someone's listening and they feel this and they feel heavy and burdened and they feel, you know, full of anxiety or fear or stress, God, I pray that you would just release them from that right now, that they would come to you. They would just lay that at your feet. And Lord, while we're talking about religion, um, I pray that you help me communicate this well, clearly and just kindly, and that I would just only speak, Father, what's true and what's right and what's um, biblical and what is from your heart and your desire. So I pray, God, that I would just really just speak from what's my heart that you have downloaded to me. And I pray that I would only just speak, God, that that these are your words. And I just want to bring a sense of peace over this podcast, a peace over myself and peace over anyone listening to this. Amen. Awesome. All right, you guys, shall we do it? So I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of a backstory. So I grew up Christian. I grew up in a Christian home my entire life. I didn't really understand what it meant to to know God for myself. I knew a lot about God, but I don't feel like I knew God. And there's a big difference. And I feel like maybe some of you guys feel that way where you're like, yeah, I know a lot about God. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch influencers or whatever the case may be, but you just feel like, I don't really feel like I know God for myself. There's like a lack of intimacy with him. And I don't really know his voice. And I do believe that that could be a spirit of religion. I feel like there could be, you know, a sense of performance for you with God. I remember when I was little, my mom put put me into dance class and I uh, didn't really ever say I wanted to be a dancer, but my mom was a dancer when she lived in Guatemala. And so I was just like, okay, mom, my mom put me in and I actually really liked it. Growing up, I loved it. And I was like obsessed with it and had so much fun. And so every single year we would have this recital. This is like the pinnacle moment of your dancer career is going to this recital, right? And so you prep all year long and you're like trying to make sure you get the right dance moves. And (laughs) I'm pretty sure like 90% of the time I messed up. Like I was not that good of a dancer. I mean, I think I can dance. I can hold a rhythm. Like usually my sisters and I were the ones at homecoming, like leading the dance floor. But I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like amazing at dance or anything. I wanted these recitals to go so well. And I wanted to make sure that I performed really, really well, because again, you've practiced for so long and growing up as well. My dad and I didn't have the best relationship. You know, he was busy working, trying to provide for a family of nine. And so there would be years where I didn't know if my dad was going to show up to the recital or not. I knew my mom would be there because she was the one that would bring us to dance class. She was the one that put into put us into dance classes. It was me and my four sisters. We all did dance together. And so I knew my mom would be there, but there would be years where I was like, okay, like, is my dad going to show up? Is he going to be here? And normally when my dad would show up, he would bring us flowers. He would, you know, always give us a kiss on the cheek and be like, I'm so proud of you. And so I would get nervous every single year. I would peek out of the corner. I would look over behind the little um, curtains and I would be like, is my dad here? Is my dad here? And I would just be so, so nervous. And all I wanted was my dad to be there. I I wanted him to bring me flowers. I wanted him to say good, good job. I wanted him to see me dance. I wanted him to be like, I'm so proud of you. And I would be disappointed one year if he didn't come or if he didn't enjoy it or if he didn't bring me flowers. And so I would perform for my dad's affection, not knowing that I already had it. 
even if I had never gone on stage or even if I had performed poorly, even if that was the case, my dad was still proud of me. He loved me even if I had messed up or not done my best. And in the same way, I believe that's what we do with God. We perform for him and we, we try to do things to earn his love or to earn a, go- a, a job well done, my faithful servant, or for him to say, okay, you're worthy of my love or I see you or I hear you or wow, look at what you're, what you're doing. When we get to heaven, we want him to give us a pat on the back or some more jewels in our crown. I just believe that that is not the way that God is. I don't believe that God's heart posture is performance and perfection. Instead, I believe that God is looking for a heart posture that is pure and he's looking for purity. And I don't want us to live our lives performing for God, living in a, in a spirit of religion, to earn his love and to be like, God, look what I'm doing. I'm reading. I'm going to church. I'm praying really, really hard. Where is my job well done? God, do you even see me? Do you even hear me? I'm doing everything. And I can just hear God saying, daughter or son, it's not about obligation, but it's about adoration. So I want to free some of y'all up in this podcast to just hopefully break off this fear or this performance-based action of like, God, I'm doing everything. Like, affirm me. Tell me that I'm good and that I'm worthy and love me, God. Like, please. But you still feel like you're missing the mark. Like, even though you're doing all these things and you're performing and you're reading and you're going to church and you're worshiping and you're journaling and you're doing everything, you're just like, God, I don't feel you. I, I feel far from you. Like, what is wrong? Is it me? Or maybe, God, you just don't care about me. Maybe you just don't hear me. Maybe I'm just not worthy of this. And that's why I want us just to all take a deep breath. (sighs) I want to free some of y'all up. It says in John 14, 23, that says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. This is Jesus saying this. So are we bad Christians if we don't obey him? Are we bad children if we don't listen to every commandment and do what he says? Do we just need to try harder? Do we go to hell if we don't do this? Is he mad at us if we disobey? Does he just want us to pray more, to read more, to go to church more? Like I said, let me tell you what I believe God wants from us. God is not looking for perfection and performance, but rather he is looking for your purity and your heart posture. Our heart posture towards him is vital. We cannot be perfect because only God is perfect. But rather, he is looking for a heart after him, a pure heart after him, not a heart that just wants God when it's convenient, when it's comfortable, just to gain something, but rather a heart that is in love with Jesus. It is so in awe of Jesus. It is just like, Lord, you are so good. I want to serve you, Jesus. In Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, the pure in heart. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, For the Lord sees not as the man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. It's not about performance. It's about our purity in our heart. It's not rules. It's not laws. And it's not regulation. Doing anything out of obligation instead of adoration is legalism and religion. So you might be like, okay, Jay, then what is it? What is obligation versus adoration? If we go to the Webster's Dictionary, it says that obligation is an act or a course of action to which a person is morally or legally bound, a duty or commitment, or a debt of gratitude for a service of favor. Versus adoration is 
a deep love and respect. Adoration is respect, reverence, a strong admiration, or love in a certain person. Do you guys see that there is a big difference between that? Obligation says, okay, God, what do I need to do to earn your love? What do I need to do to pay off this debt? I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not good enough, but let me just strive a little bit harder. But we forget that Jesus already paid it all when he died on the cross. That's the gospel. It is not upon us. It's not what we do. It's rather what he did and what was done when he died on the cross. That is why it is called the good news. But some of us still live our life acting like we still owe God something. We don't have to live like that anymore, which is so amazing. That's why I want to free y'all up. But adoration is a deep love and respect for God of like, God, I just love you. You're, I'm in reverence of you, of how good you are, in awe of you. And when you love God, when you respect someone, you naturally submit to them. So that's why there's a difference. Obligation says do, and adoration says it's done. Obligation to God says strive harder. Adoration says abide harder. Just abide in him. Obligation says earn, earn his love, and adoration says it's paid. It's already paid for when Jesus died on the cross. So we don't have to strive any longer, but we still do. Because maybe we think that if we go to church more, we read more, we pray more, we just squeeze in a verse here and there, we listen to more podcasts, maybe God will love us more. Maybe finally he'll hear us and care for us. And don't get me wrong, those are all good things. I do believe that we should read the Bible. We should fill our minds with worship music and good things and holy things and pure things. And we should be surrounded by other believers. We should be serving at church. But even if you never did any of those, God still loves you. Let me say that again. Even if you never did any of those, God has never loved you more than he has now. He still loves you. That is the gospel. But he wants those things for you. And I think as you begin to fall in love with Jesus and see how good he is, you start seeing, okay, I need community. I need the word of God. I want to be serving in church because that's what Christ has called us to. I want to give you guys a prime example biblically of what it's like to have two people in the Bible that are prime examples of someone who strived for Jesus's attention and affection, but they both went about it in two different ways. If we go to the story of Martha and Mary in Luke 10, 38 to 42, we have two people that were like, Lord, notice me, notice me, notice me. But they went about it in very, very different ways. So if we go to Luke 10, 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And in 41, he says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Mary chose to sit at the Lord's feet and to wait upon him and to gaze at his beauty and to gaze at his feet where every distraction 
fell to the wayward. She didn't care about how clean is my home, how perfect is my life, how perfect are my actions. Have I done enough for God? Have I gone to church enough? Is then he going to love me? No, he ch- she chose what God admired and was like, no, this is what is valuable, to sit at my feet and to worship me and to gaze your face upon me and to remove all the distractions. But instead, Martha was like, oh my gosh, I need to clean up my house. I need to have the table ready. I need to do all these things. Look, Lord, look, Lord, look what I'm doing for you. And maybe you might be like a Martha. You're serving Jesus with all these in, with all these obligations, but with good intentions. But again, you're missing the point of what God is about with all the obligations. You may say, God, look at all I'm doing for you. Or, or even to others, look what I'm doing for God. Because again, she goes to Jesus and she says, don't you care that my sister has, has left me to do all this work? Tell her to help me. She's like, you might even do this to other people being like, guys, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Affirm me. Affirm me. Where is my reward? Where is my portion? And then Jesus just slows down and is just like, Martha, Martha, in a gentle, quiet spirit. And he's just like, you're so distracted. And very, very many of these things are, are really what I'm looking for. He's just like, stop and sit and stop striving and rest and look at my face, and then everything will just fall to the wayward. And he tells her again that one thing is required, to sit at his feet and to listen and to adore him. And that is a prime example of what it looks like to have adoration for the Lord versus obligation for the Lord. And that has freed me up so much. When I do things, I'm like, God, why am I really doing this? Is this because I feel like I have to, or is it because out of the abundance of your love and who you are, I want to do these things. So I want to challenge you guys to ask yourself that. And often I get nervous. I'm like, God, like, I don't want to get to heaven one day. And he's like, Janine, you did all of this stuff for me online, but your heart was so far from me. It says in Matthew 15, 8, that people honor Jesus with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. And I am like, oh, dear God, I never want to be like that. I never want my heart to be far from him. So do you love God? Do you adore him? Do you have a deep reverence of who he is? Because if we don't, we become a slave to religion and a works-based faith. And Jesus died on the cross to rebuke and to remove a works-based faith. Because, again, it's not upon us. It's about what he did. He is a gracious, gracious God. And every time I'm hard on myself or I beat myself up, I remind myself of what my name means. The name Janine in French means God is gracious. And I remember distinctly the Lord telling me last October, about a year ago, actually, pretty crazy. Two years ago now, I think. No, a year ago. Yeah, a year ago, pretty much to this date, I remember I was so unbelievably hard on myself. And he said, Janine, if I am gracious to you, cannot you be gracious to yourself? He's like, I named you Janine for a reason, which means God is gracious. I don't want to remind you guys to be gracious to yourself. So just remember that it is not based upon your works, but it is based upon your faith, your belief in him and his grace. So many times in the Bible, Jesus says, it is because of your faith that you have been healed. And I know that faith without works 
can be, be void. But again, it is first your faith, and out of the faith and the belief in God, then you do the works. That's how it is lined up. In Romans eleven six, it says, And if by grace, then it cannot be based upon works. If it were based upon works, grace would no longer be grace. Works cancels out grace. See how it is about grace? And he said, it is not based upon our works. Jesus is like, I didn't die on the cross because of your works. I died because of grace. You don't have to strive or earn for this anymore. And maybe you're like, well, Janine, like, I feel like I do because I don't feel good enough or you don't know what I've done or I don't feel worthy about his love or worthy for his love. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Today's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And I'm really excited to be working with them because I am a huge proponent and fan of counseling and therapy. And that is what BetterHelp is. Online therapy. You guys can match with licensed professional therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help, but it's actual professional therapy, which is done securely online. There is worldwide access. So if you live in an international place, have no fear. They will have you covered. It's also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available And don't just take it from me. There's plenty of reviews online. Trina on BetterHelp.com said that her therapist made her feel very comfortable. She helped her work through some really tough times and learn how to handle the future of tough times. So there's so many people that are already using it. Over 2 million people have already taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So if you guys want to check it out, there will be a 10% off coupon code for you guys for your first month using my code healthy just for my happy and healthy listeners. I hope you guys will check this out. I promise you therapy, mental health. It's really good to just really look into it and take care of your mental health. So make sure you take advantage of this offer today with better help. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and thank you so much to better help for sponsoring it. I want to share a story really quickly that, you know, I felt was very, uh, a very good example of what it looks like to be earning and striving for God's love. So I was getting my nails done about two weeks ago, and I probably need to get them done again. I did this kind of fun little color on my nails, and I loved it and everything. But I was sitting there talking to my nail technician, and somehow we got on the topic of faith. And actually, I know how it happened. I was getting my nails done. This girl comes up to me, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Janine, my sister and I love your podcast. Would it be okay if I get a picture with you? And I was like, yeah, of course. I took a picture with her. I sat back down and the nail technician was like, what the frick? Like, who are you? Why did people take pictures with you? And I was like, oh, I'm an, I was like, I'm an influencer and I have a podcast. And she was like, oh my gosh. And then she was like, what do you talk about? What do you do? And I told her, I talk about faith and you know, my, my story on there a lot. And I asked her, I was like, oh, do you have a faith? Like, what do you do? And she said, she grew up going to the Catholic church and we just kind of dove into that a little bit. And she's like, she confesses a lot and she goes quite often to the Catholic church And again, I'm not beating the Catholic Church, but she just said that she constantly felt like she wasn't good enough. And I was like, oh, like, why do you think that? She was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't pray enough. And I feel like, you know, God's mad at me. And so I asked her, I said, so if you were to die, you know, where do you think you would go? And I know that's like a cliche Christian question, but it is true. And so I asked her, I was like, where do you think you would go? And she kind of chuckled a little bit. And she was like, I think I would go to hell. And I was like, what? And I was like, but I thought that you told me that you had been baptized and that you believed in God. And she said, no, I, I pray to Mary and I, I don't really pray to Jesus. I more pray to God. And she said, I just don't feel like, you know, I would go to heaven. And I said, why do you feel like that? And she said, because I just don't feel 
good enough. I don't think I'm good enough to get into heaven. She says she doesn't pray enough. She said she doesn't, you know, do enough for him. And she only goes to him when she needs something. And she feels quite guilty about that a lot. And I was like, oh, Lord, how many people believe this? How many people are carrying around this weight of I'm not good enough? Y'all, if it were based upon our actions, none of us would get into heaven. I wouldn't even get to heaven. The most righteous, holy person would never get into heaven because we are sinners. That is why it's upon what Jesus did, and that's why it's the gospel. It's not based upon what we did, which is why we get to live and walk in freedom. No one would get into heaven then if it was based upon us. Like, why did Jesus have to die then if it was contingent upon our actions? Then he just died in vain and for fun. No, I I don't think he did that. He died once and for all because he was like, look, I'm taking and carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Every sin that we have done, will do, are doing, continuing to do, whatever it is. He's like, I died on the cross for that. Religion puts conditions upon grace, but God's grace is unconditional. But I do want to remind you guys that we should not abuse God's grace because it says in the Bible that we shouldn't just keep sinning and walking out in lawlessness just because there's grace. It's like, do we keep, do we keep sinning because there's uh, grace? And it says, absolutely not. I believe that's in Romans. So we don't abuse the grace. We just do not. However, I think once we understand more the gospel, we understand who Jesus is, not religion. We understand who Jesus is. That frees us up to be like, that's why his ways are good. That's why um, I don't want to sin anymore. And that's why I feel sick when I sin now because I see that Jesus' ways bring more life. But maybe you're like, Janine, I'm trying, and I'm still failing, and I'm still sinning. What is wrong with me? Why am I still doing that? I'm struggling. Why is it so hard to obey his teachings? It is the sin inside of us, you guys. There is a spiritual warfare that is going on every single day. And it says this, that we do not fight. In the Bible, it says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against spiritual principalities. In the spiritual realm, that's what I'm talking about in the beginning of this podcast, is spiritual warfare, which I want to make a whole different podcast on that. But there is a war every single day between our flesh and our spirit. In Romans 7, it talks about being released from the law and being bound to Christ and how there is sin living inside inside of us, which causes us to still sin, even if we don't want to sin. In Romans 7, it says, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin that is living within me. It is the battle between flesh and spirit. While sin is still living in us, we have the choice, though, to choose our flesh and over our spirit or to choose our spirit over our flesh. We have the choice to choose that every single day. So technically, we are free from sin. We have the power to overcome that by the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did. And the name of Jesus is what helps us to overcome everything in our life. It is through his Holy Spirit It says in Galatians 5.16, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So when you walk by the spirit, this means you're feeding your spirit, what you listen, what you watch, what you do, what you're reading, how you're talking. Like you're feeding your spirit with the word of God, with worship, with godly things to think of whatever is lovely and pure and upright and noble and good that is from God, which comes from the word of God. So I really believe we do have the power to overcome sin and it becomes easier and easier and easier when we follow Jesus, when we see that his ways are good, they're not to prevent us from having fun, but they're to protect us. 
and also when we gratify our spirit. When you walk by the spirit, you do not dev- you do not gratify the desires of your flesh. It becomes easier, you guys, when you just walk with Jesus and you fall in love with him and you don't do it alone. You need other believers to help you do that, to help you believe lies and to help you combat sin. And confession is so crucial in this as well. Confessing the sins that you have to other believers that will pray for you and help you walk through this and keep you accountable. I remember when I was a little girl, I would struggle with the same sins over and over and over. And I would go to God over and over and over and I would repent 20 billion times. I remember distinctly there was this this bathroom in my parents' house, the house that I grew up in, and my parents still live in this house. And I would go to this bathroom and I would sit in there and I would be like, God, I'm so sorry. God, like, forgive me. I would repent over and over. And I would say, Jesus, will you accept me again? Like, will you forgive me? I accept you into my heart. I, I probably did. The salvation prayer, like, maybe 20 times. Like, I kid you not. If not even 20, like, 30 times. And maybe this is you. Maybe you were like, Jenny and I did that too. Because when I'm a little girl, when I was a little girl, I did not understand the gospel. I did not understand God's goodness. I did not understand the good news. I did not understand that I didn't have to beg for his forgiveness and for his love. That he already loved me and forgave me. And that he lovingly didn't want me to sin because it made me sicker. It made my spirit sicker. It made me distant from God. It made me feel gross. It made me have shame and guilt and condemnation, which are all not from God. So he's like, choose my way. Choose my path of life. And that's where I became more free is by choosing him. And that is just the gospel, y'all. I want to reiterate these points again, that it is not about obligation, but it is about adoration. When you adore Jesus, following him is easier When you encounter his presence and who he is, it becomes easier because you love his presence. This is just like one of my prayers for you guys. It's Deuteronomy 4.29. It says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. I want to remind you guys that he is not hard to find. So many people come to me and they're like, Janine, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Why do I feel so distanced from him? I'm like, when was the last time you just simply talked to him, you prayed to him, and you just opened up the word of God? Because that is where you will find him. And y'all, God does not break promises. He does not make mistakes, and he also does not break promises. And it says here, if you seek him with all your heart and your soul, you will find him. That is a promise. And this is something I want for you guys, which is Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after him, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That is my prayer, that you guys would dwell in his house. To dwell with the Lord means to walk with him everywhere you go. So that doesn't mean just because you're not at church, you're not at Bible study, that you cannot dwell in the house of the Lord. Like you can encounter Jesus in your car, in your shower, in your bedroom, while you're cooking, anything that you're doing. That is the house of the Lord because you carry the presence of God with you when you have the Holy Spirit. And secondly, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and his face. And that's what it means. That's what Martha or what Mary did. She sat at his feet and she gazed upon his beauty, which is just so beautiful. And that's what I want. I don't want you guys to to feel like, this is so hard, Janine. Like, how do I do this? How do I do this? 
Remember that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He is the one that is with every single one of us. So in John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have taught you. That is the Holy Spirit. He is with every single believer, so we do not do this alone. And we remember that Jesus was not religious. He actually hated religion. The Pharisees in the Bible, they loved religion because the Pharisees would use scripture and use their faith and use all their actions to point fingers back at people, to be holier than thou, to be self-righteous, to point fingers and to throw stones at people. Like again, the woman that was an adulteress, you know, they threw stones at her, but they're like, look what she did. Look what she did. And Jesus is like, well, if you have no sin, whoever has no sin, throw your stone first. And one by one, everyone left because there was no person that did not have sin. So religious people walk around with us like, I'm better than thou, and I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things, and I'm striving, and Jesus is like, it's not about that. And so Jesus went and just loved this woman and cared for her and was just like, look, I see you, but go and sin no more. He told her, go and sin no more. You're forgiven, but go and sin no more. And so he freed this woman up and then called her to call, he called her higher, which is what conviction does. He calls you higher. Jesus will always call you higher and call you out of sin and out of shame and out of guilt. Jesus just loved us. He loved people and he loved freedom. That's what he wants for us, not religion. He wants freedom and for you to know that he loves you. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is like my life mission is to bring people freedom, my followers freedom, people I meet. Y'all, I cannot even begin to tell you when I was at this conference how many people got set free. They came to me crying from things they had been struggling with, addictions in their past that they have never shared with anyone before, anyone. And they shared it with me, and there they found freedom because that's what Jesus wants. And I had, I carried the Holy Spirit with me. And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's why these girls got freedom. Religion kills deep intimacy with the Lord. Because religion tells you to do, to be, to earn, to strive. Rather, just having intimacy with the Lord and sitting at his feet and gazing upon his beauty and being like, God, I want to know you more. I want to love you more. I want that to be your prayer, you guys, that you dwell in the house of the Lord and that you gaze upon his beauty. Jesus did not just die to give us a mundane, boring life full of rigid, rigid, boring rules, a lackluster life, but he died rather to give us life and life more abundantly because his ways do bring us life. So we have to shift our perspective of the Bible and who God is. If we believe that God is good and worthy of following, then that will shift the way we see our lives and our actions and why we do what we do. Because instead, we don't do it out of obligation. We do it out of adoration because we see his ways bring us life. And we're like, wow, I want the path of life because I've seen what my ways and my path does. My selfish desires always bring me shame and guilt and condemnation and regret. But Jesus' ways bring us life and life of abundance and freedom and joy and peace and hope. And that is what I have found in my life, which is why I don't choose to not go to the bar. I don't choose not to sleep around. I don't choose not to cuss just because it's like, oh, the Bible told me so and I'm a robot. I choose that because that way brings me life. And I want to be holy as he is holy and pure as he is pure because I see that his ways are good. 
And maybe you're like, I'm struggling, Janine. I, I don't, I'm not there yet. I feel condemned right now. I feel a spirit of religion and con condemnation on me. I want to break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus, because that is not from Jesus. That is not from God. So I want to remove shame off of you. If that's how you've been feeling, or if that's how you feel right now, or if that's how you've been walking again in Romans five, five, it says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy spirit who has been given us, given to us. Again, his hope does not put us to shame. I want to leave this, leave you with this, and I want to close out with this. God is not mad at you. Some of you need to hear that. He is not mad at you. He's not intentionally doing things to punish you. He's not angry at you. He's not hiding his face from you, even though you've been praying. He has never left you or forsaken you. So I want to remove that off of you. And some of y'all maybe just need an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and I want to provide an opportunity to give you guys that in the end of this podcast. And I also just want to empathize with many of you guys because perhaps the reason why you hate church or you hate believers or you hate Christians or whatever the case may be is because you've been hurt by your church, you've been hurt by religion, or you've been hurt by someone that claimed to be religious. And I have seen this time after time after time. And this is why people are deconstructing their faith. This is why people are hurt. This is why people hate the church. This is why people hate Christians is because of religion and sinners and people claiming to be believers and not acting like it. And I've seen this happen. Someone told me about this this past weekend where I was like, I am so sorry. That is should, you should have never felt like that. I am so sorry. So on behalf of Christians, if you have been hurt by another Christian or church, I just want to say, I am sorry. That was not God's intention. I know that there's been people that have grew up, grown up in churches and there were sinful things that have happened or things where you were like, wait, what? If this is what Jesus is like, I want nothing to do with it. If this is what church is like, get me out of here. I do not want this. You have to remember that the church is conformed or formed of broken sinners that are doing their best, but some people, their sins are just louder and more clear than others, but that doesn't mean that all of us are sinners. So I just want to say I'm so sorry if your church has hurt you, but please do not let that divide you and separate you and pull you further away from church. We still need to be plugged in from church. Maybe you just need to go to a different one. Maybe if you've been hurt by, hurt by religion by maybe your parents or religious parents or legalistic grandparents or someone that had hurt you or someone had walked in the name of Jesus, but it was really a false prophet and they hurt you and they put something on you that you were never meant to carry. I am so sorry, but just please know that was never God's intention, never God's intention. He just wants you to dwell with him, just to know him and to love, to, to love him and for you to know how much he loves you and that he doesn't want you walking in shame and guilt any longer, but rather in freedom and his peace and his joy. He was not religious. He just wanted to know you. It is truly about a relationship with Jesus over religion and over rules and over regulations. Simply just a relationship with Jesus. So once you shift your mindset to that, everything becomes clearer and brighter and more fruitful. And you're just like, oh, this is what I've been missing. It's not just about the rules and regulations and laws. It's about his spirit and who he is and his love that he has poured out on me. Romans 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. If you've been feeling condemned or feeling like the enemy has been coming to you to attack you, to condemn you, please know that is not from God. That is from the enemy. 
because it says right here that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And maybe some of you guys just need a rebaptism in the spirit. Maybe just some of you need a a new fresh pouring out a new fresh wind of Jesus and who he is. Maybe some of y'all don't even know who Jesus is. Maybe some of you have never even done the salvation prayer. And I want to provide an opportunity for that in the, at the end of this podcast and we will wrap up. And my, and my body is tingling, which means that the spirit of God is here. And I believe that's going to transcend through this podcast. And God wants some of you guys to be free today. And that might look in the form of you feeling nervous right now, your heart bumping, feeling tingly, feeling fiery, crying, whatever it may be, that is Jesus. And he can transcend through any medium, not a weird spiritual medium, like a medium like a podcast or a video. That's what I meant to say. I don't believe in mediums. <laughs> okay, so Romans 10 or 9 through 13, 10, 9 through 13 says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, that, Je- that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile, for the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But I just want to say that anyone who, be, anyone who calls upon the Lord will be saved that that is beautiful. There is no one exempt from the gospel. There is no one that cannot be worthy of God's love in his presence. There is no one exempt from this. He loves you. You don't have to clean yourself up first to come to him. He says, come to me and I will clean you up. And this is the salvation prayer that I want you guys to pray for yourself. So maybe just close your eyes and listen to this. This is Psalm 51, 1 through 17. Have mercy on me, God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, Blot out my sins. So this is you asking God to ask him to forgive you for the sins and the things you have committed. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Purify me of my sins and I will be clean. Again, another call to action to ask the God to ask God to purify your heart and purify your sins. And I promise you guys he will do this. To wash me and I will be whiter than snow and to give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Maybe you're walking through pain and all these tribulations and torment and nightmares, anxiety and fear, and you can't sleep because the enemy has been persecuting you. And this is you asking God, God, give me back my joy again and let me rejoice. And don't keep looking at my sins anymore. Remove me of the stain of my guilt and create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Ask God to purify your heart and to to give you a clean heart, to renew a loyal spirit in me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And maybe that needs to be some of your prayer today that you just say, God, I'm struggling to obey you, but help me to obey you and to restore my salvation And the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit, and you will never reject a broken, repentant heart, oh God. Let that be your prayer, is that God, I know that you want to help me in my broken spirit, and you will not turn me away. So I just pray right now, Father God, for anyone listening, that they will just say, Jesus, I choose you today from this day on. I will accept you as my Lord and my Savior over my life. God, clean me of my sins. I repent. I turn away. Create in me a pure, repented, clean heart. And I choose you from this day forward. I accept you into my heart. I believe that you were raised from the dead 
and you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are who you say you are. Now I make you Lord of my life. And I choose you and from this day forward, Father. I just want to say I accept your salvation, this free gift of grace, and I break off the spirit of religion in the name of Jesus. And that is that, you guys. Welcome to the faith. It's beautiful. It's freeing. It's good. Round of applause. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it's beautiful. G walking with Jesus is beautiful. It does not mean that things are easy all of a sudden or that there's no tribulations and trials or tests. It just means that you're not doing it alone. You can always overcome it, and you always have God with you, and it makes things, it does make things easier. I promise you. When you're fighting a fight and you're struggling, having Jesus is Oh my gosh, it is amazing. It is truly better than anything the world can ever provide. So welcome to the faith. I really hope this helped you guys out again. Just to reiterate, it's not about obligations. It's about adoration. Yes, I want you to read the word of God, to pray, to journal, to go to church, to do all those things because those are things that will help you look more like Christ and that will lead you back towards Christ and that will help feed your spirit. But just know it starts with knowing him and loving him and adoring him and seeing how good he is. And out of the love for him, it makes us not, it makes us want to do things. Let me say that again. Out of the love for him, it makes us want to do things. We don't do things to earn his love. We love him and then we want to do things because we love him and we obey him and we want more of him. So hopefully that'll free you guys up. Thank you guys for listening. I know this was kind of all over the place, but um, I'm very passionate about this topic. I am so passionate because I don't want someone walking around in shame and guilt and religion and feeling like the church sucks or people suck or all those things. Like, I hate religion, too. I really freaking hate it. I just love Jesus. And Jesus hates religion, too, and he just loves us. So I want to free you guys up. Go in grace and peace. I really hope this helps you guys out. If it did, please let me know on the Happy Healthy Podcast. Feel free to DM me. DM us on the Happy Healthy Podcast. Feel free to DM us on the Happy and Healthy Podcast as well. All their usernames are down below. My username is Janina Mapola. Love you guys so much. And stay blessed. Stay happy and healthy. I will see you guys next Tuesday. Love you guys so much. Bye, guys.